Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to episode 50 of season 5 of Big Squid. And to celebrate, we're doing a two-parter with Ben Elwood and the fabulous Adam Richard for Space Podacy. Today, we're discussing Dread. Thank you for joining me today for this very special podcast. This episode ended up being much longer than we originally intended, and that's mainly because we brought in the fabulous Adam Richard. No, 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 there's more to that. <laughs> I'm not blaming him for all of this, but he is a longtime fan of the 2000 AD comic, and that meant he could give us insight into Judge Dredd that Ben and I were only vaguely aware of. I think maybe Ben doesn't really know that much of uh, the the history of Judge Dredd going into this. So Adam was uh, essential to be able to put this in the right kind of uh, mindset when we discussed it, give it that sense of history as well, and also discuss what makes this movie work uh, on such a level that uh, the original one didn't quite get there. But anyway, it's fun. It ended up being a bit longer, so what I've done is I've uh, split it up into two, and uh, this episode is obviously up now, but uh, part two will be up tomorrow, which is the Thursday, or if you're in the future, you've probably already got both of them. So anyway, this is part one. The other thing I should tell you is that we actually recorded this episode with Adam uh, before our we did our double episode review of The Batman. So I'm just telling you that because there might be some references at the start that will make you think, but he's been on this podcast before. This was actually the first one that he appeared on and uh, just through scheduling and uh, movies coming out and blah, 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 uh, it ended up being back to front. So uh, there you go. Just a little insider uh, bit of information so you understand any flippant comments. You probably wouldn't have noticed them, but, uh, you know, I just like to keep you in the loop. 
Uh, before we launch into the podcast, we have our Patreon subscriber shout out for this double episode. And the shout out goes to Bree Simpson, who has been a part of the Big Squid community for a while now. And uh, thank you very much for not only listening to the podcast, but also contributing to the work that I'm doing over here. It is very much appreciated, Bree, and uh, I hope you enjoy this double episode. It's uh, It's fun. It's a really fun episode. There's a really fun dynamic between Adam and Ben, so keep an ear out for that. Uh, when you sign up for a membership at Patreon, uh, you gain access to episodes that are only released there. There's scripts for every podcast, and there's also early access to works in progress. So uh, you might uh, think, well, what's a, what's a work in progress? Uh, one of the things I did uh, last month was uh, I'm working on a new short story for the Beautiful Tales for the Disenchanted episode that's coming up in the future. I wanted to get a feel for it. I wanted to see what the audience thought. So I just recorded a, a nice kind of rough copy of it before we start adding any uh, production to it. I wanted to rewrite it, etc. So then uh, the Patreon subscribers get to have a listen and we had a little chat about it and that's helped me work out exactly where I wanted to take it. So they're the kinds of things that are going on over there. Uh, and also I've decided after having a bit of a debacle on Facebook where on our pr private Facebook page I did this thing where uh, that was a place for us to be able to discuss TV shows or movies without spoilers and then what I didn't realise is it still comes up in your feed. So I thought even though it's private if you didn't go there then you would miss out on spoilers but if you subscribe to that well, it turns up in your feed and then people get angry. And I thought, well, bugger that. So over at the Patreon site, that is where I am discussing spoilers for the shows that I'm covering. And uh, the show that I'm covering at the moment is Severance. So I'm leaving that open to people who are subscribed and not subscribed. So if you go over to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid, that's patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid, you can either subscribe and get a whole lot of extras or you can just come over and if you're watching Severance, you can discuss it there and not worry about spoilers. Which feels like a bonus in this world. It feels like a real bonus. God, just incapable of going anywhere without just uh, everything being more difficult than it has to be. Doesn't that just sum up 2022? Okay, let's bring in Adam and Ben as we take a day trip to Mega City One, the vast violent metropolis where felons rule the streets and the only law lies with the judges. We're going to tag along with a psychic rookie on her first day on the job as she not only has to take on a dangerous drug lord, but must also win over the toughest judge of all time, the judge that goes by the name of Dread. is the manufacturing base for all the slow-mo in Mega City One. You know how often we get a judge up in peace trees? Well, you got one now. She has control of everything. Levels one to 200. 
This is Mama. Somewhere in this block are two judges. That's not good. I want him dead. We're gonna have to go through him. Rookie, you ready? Yeah. You look ready. Fire! Judgment time. Let's finish this. When you're talking about a movie about Judge Dredd, you need to bring in an expert. That is not Benjamin and that is not Justin. That is the fabulous Adam Richard who knows everything uh, that there needs to be known about Judge Dredd. Look, if you're if you're talking about leather-clad strongmen... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm your man. Yeah, you'll... you'll You'll, you'll also be on our Village People where we uh, podcast. Stop the music. Yeah, when we go through each character one by one. I was about to say, it's, it seems quite incongruous that you would be so into dread. No. No. Authority Ooh. figures. <laughs> yeah. You haven't seen me at the airport. <laughs> no, I really do need you to go over me with the whole one. <laughs> yeah, just my shoes. You want to rummage through my bags? <laughs> the- the fury when it doesn't happen. <laughs> Can I request a full cavity search? <laughs> when, when did you start reading the 2000 AD comic? Like, uh, for, you've been like a long term fan, haven't you? Would have been 83. Yeah. So I was 12. Yep. <laughs> wow. Like year seven, maybe, because yeah. they had it at the news agents near my school. Uh, and I, you know, in the old days when you were allowed to walk home from school. Um, yeah, back when I had, you had an autonomous childhood. Yes. Uh, it was like, because I lived in Brunswick, went to school in Carlton, and it was like a, in Melbourne. So it was like a, you know, half hour walk to get home. Yeah. I mean, it was probably like four minutes, but it felt like forever. <laughs> um, so I'd go past the news agents and they had, <laughs> yeah, 2008 and I started buying that. Yeah, great. And I loved it. I once got thrown out of um, science class for crying. <laughs> Alan Moore's at the Halo Jones. Oh, really? Because <laughs> I was like reading it. It was, you know, I'd had it hidden inside my science book and the teacher <laughs> come over and go, why are you crying? It's like, it's been a really bad episode of my favourite comic. <laughs> and they're like, so why are you reading funny. a comic in class? Oh, my go. God. This I know. is the laws of physics <laughs> making me see the true nature of reality, teacher. <laughs> Did you ever do that in high school? Did you ever slip a magazine in the book that you were yeah, meant I to be like reading? Yeah, I feel like we were, uh, like, you know, I think that's the, the our generation equivalent of hiding an iPhone under yeah. the table and looking at porn or something. Yeah, Just right. putting a... Yeah, I used to read Batman comics in the in inside. The spines of yeah, because they were they were they were small and flat, and they could fit inside your giant textbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they used to have those um those little soft cover collections of so you'd yeah. get like five in one, and it was only it was the size of like a dime novel or a yeah. romance novel. Or oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had them as well. The digests. Yes. I never, yeah. uh, I never did that because I think I always wanted to make sure I was enjoying the comic, and I didn't want it to be ruined by what I was meant to be learning. Oh right! Oh, but when, <laughs> like, the thing with 2000 AD because it was like episodic, like yeah. you know, it was five pages of a 
of ongoing stories. Yeah. And, you know, the week before had been quite monumentous. It's like, oh, my God, I've got to find out what happens mm. next. Right. Mm. It was like, I know it was before the internet, so I wasn't going to get spoiled at any point. Yep. And yeah. And it was three months after it came out in the UK. Right. <laughs> because it came on a boat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it was still like that. I've got to know. Like, you know, I guess that's why we all have this crazy thing now where we've got to go to the cinema or got to watch, you know, the latest streaming thing before anyone tells us about it. Right. And that's just a hangover from being a teenage nerd. Right. But I think that I think that's what the binge models kind of ruined, that anticipation. Like, there's something to be said for that yeah. long, slow burn. Um, me and Justin have talked about, have you ever read 100 Bullets? I have. The Brian Azzarello comic. Yeah. And that came out one issue a month for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember reading an an interview with him in the first year saying, I know exactly how it ends. I know what the arc is. Yeah. And so for 10 years, every issue, it was like, oh my God, is this leading towards... It was just such... It was so more more so than the actual comic itself, I think. Right. Um, See, I only read that as graphic novels well after mm. they'd been published. So I, I essentially binged those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're still good. They're still good, but I think the binging model, I don't know. For me, anyway, it, d- it definitely gets I think it's horses for thing. courses. It's like, you know, it's Dickens was released serially. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, we still love those gigantic big fat novels of his now well, to this day. Well, so. if you can be bothered with people called Chuzzlewit and... <laughs> Well, but there's, but there's also there's also a difference between a binging uh, a comic book series as a graphic novel because you can still read it at your own pace, yeah. whereas, uh, and it's still like you're holding it, you're turning the pages, mm, you know, yeah. there's still a there's a slowness to it. But with TV, you know, the the thing that I find fascinating is uh, Stranger Things, which everyone is this cultural event for yeah, yeah, yeah. three days. Yeah, that's <laughs> and right. They, they and work on done, it for months, and it's done right. Done. Yeah. No oh, one's see, discussing it afterwards. Yeah. I've been watching Reacher on the Amazon, which... Was which can't. sounds much worse, I know. <laughs> Re- reach Around. Uh, celebrity yeah, yeah. Reach on Around. It's a new Amazon. show I'm pitching. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who's going to be the first celebrity? Uh, Adam Spencer. There's <laughs> <laughs> a callback to a joke I did earlier. I don't know why I did that in this podcast. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> An off-air joke. It really has turned into the shelf cast. <laughs> it really has. Um, no, it's... Uh, I've been watching Reacher, which is... You know, they released all in one day. Right. But I, because, like, no one's desperate to spoil it. Like, it's a book that's been out for years. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm, I can happily watch an episode whenever I feel like. Right. Like, when it's like, oh, I feel like someone mindlessly hitting someone in the face with their elbow. I'm going to watch this. <laughs> I'm going to watch my elbow yeah. face show tonight. Yeah, but are you, like, moorishly craving to watch it? Like, I think that's what's been lost. That kind of, like, the thing. Like, I think Breaking Bad was maybe the last thing. That I remember H- that was really HBO, like that, where it would end and you were like, holy yeah. shit. HBO still does that with all of their HBO Max and all yep. of their things. They're all released weekly. Like, you know, yeah, right. I would I would happily watch all of the Gilded Age in one day, but they make me wait every week for more dresses. Little drip fair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I've got to wait a whole other week to see the dresses again. <laughs> yeah. I can't even care what's happening in that show. It's like, oh, my God, what has Carrie Coon got on now? That's amazing. <laughs> 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 I love this. Thing. Look at the ruffles on that. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, like some people still do it. Like, I think it's good that we live in a world where novels come out and so do episodic, like, you know, TV yeah. novels yeah, yeah. or, you know, episodic television that some people can save up and watch episodically. But it depends on the show as well. Yeah. Like, there's some shows that I'm happy to binge because it's like I'm only invested enough. Yeah, and then there's yeah, the ones yeah. that I'm really invested in, which ironically are the ones like, oh, don't give it to me all at once. I want to have a week thinking about yeah, this before yeah. I get yeah. the next one. 
That's a weirdly, uh, you know, uh, I've been telling you, Ben, uh, about For All Mankind. Oh, my God, such a good show. And I love it. Like, love it. But every episode is so dense, and I mean that in a good way. I watch an episode and I can wait a couple of weeks before I get to the next one because it's like, whew, that was a lot to take <laughs> in. I can now. wait a couple of months between episodes yeah. of that. It's like, no, I need to have a rest. Yeah. Really? I yeah. need a rest. And, like, and it's and weirdly, that's talking it up. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. it's so good you're just like, I can't watch another one straight away because I need, I need to sit with this. Like, a lot has just happened. Yeah. There's been some big character moments. I yeah, need to... I need to have a little lie down. That's very rare. The last thing that I experienced like that, and thank God it was released weekly, was um, Twin Peaks. Yes. <laughs> where right. it was so, you would get to the end and it was like, I'm buzzing, but I, I'm so exhausted. I was I like that with Lovecraft Country. I was like, yeah. oh man, that's a lot. I'm, right. I'm yeah. going to need a week to really work out what happened there. Yeah. We had a, uh, we just did our Twin Peaks because we're covering David Lynch's yes. movies. And I had an exciting moment with Ben that I discovered he'd never seen the European version of <gasps> the movie. That was the only one I'd seen for years. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it was on VHS before it was ever on TV. Yeah. Like two years before, maybe here? Yeah. Oh, like it was yeah, here. It was, like, no, it was I'd crazy. never seen it. And it was very strange watching it, knowing everything yeah. that I know. So except, to see the kind of ending tacked except on, except for like, that, <laughs> except for that weird, like there's a, a ten minutes, you know, like because even the ending is from another episode, yeah, 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 so yeah. it's like this suddenly, hang on, where's this going? The protracted phone call with yeah. Lucy, with Kyle, uh, with Kyle McLaughlin and Lucy is, yeah. oh, go, go on, come on, Lucy, <laughs> <laughs> just put him through to fucking Sheriff Truman. <laughs> So uh, just before we get into all of our segments, uh, mm. the with Judge Dredd, when you first started reading it, uh, yes. was he one of your favourite characters or were you actually kind of in because of Halo Jones and Rogue Trooper? Um, well, Judge Dredd was in the centre spread and it was yeah. always called 2000 AD with Judge Dredd. Yes. Featuring Judge Dredd. So it was kind of, you know, it was sold that that was the main character. Yes. Um, and, you know, he was a fascist and he was a bit of an asshole. But, you know... I did absolutely love Dirty Harry, which is what he was based on. Yep. Essentially. Right. Like when he was first invented. So I was I was bang up for it. It's like crazy, super violent. Yeah. It's you know, it's also wildly satirical. So it was the one you always enjoyed, even though I loved all the other strips around it. Right. And did, did the satire land with you when you were a teenager? Yeah. What did you understand the Oh, like you know, when when blocks are named after ridiculous celebrities that no one is going to celebrate in the future? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, and I we will be getting to that in here. Uh, so we always uh, start this uh, podcast off, uh, Adam, with finding out where you first saw this movie. Mm-hmm. So where where did you see Dread for the first time? Uh, I went to the Melbourne premiere because you know I was a celebrity. I've been invited. Yeah, um, and of course you were working on Fox FM was, radio, so yeah. of course you needed to see Dread. Yeah, I had <laughs> no need. I'm still on the invite list for some of these companies oh, yeah. in Melbourne. I never go. Yeah, because I'm never there. Um, but yeah, and I've I've still got my Judge Dread uh, branded red 3D glasses that say Dread 3D on the sign. Right. Um, <laughs> from going to, and I took my friend Peter, who also is a huge 2008 fan. Yep. And we yeah had a ball. So yeah, I first saw it the day it came out in 2012. Okay. What about it's you? Ten ben? years old this year. Yeah, Isn't I know. That, didn't that make you feel really fucking old? I um, looked at the back I'm, of the Blu-ray cover and it was like, oh, if you put a gun to my head and said, how old is this movie? I probably would have said five or six years. Right. I think being 51 makes oh, me feel old. Okay, well, so. Yeah, <laughs> it might be that. Yeah, right. Well, you know, those of us that are still in our early 40s. Early 40s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember them. Yeah. Kind of. 
It's a long time ago. So, uh, where did you first see it, Ben? Uh, I saw it uh, in the cinema. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, this was a much more uh, wayward time of my life. And so, I may have been on something that um, maybe simulated the effects of the slow mo drug that are in the film. <laughs> right. And so, uh, there was a lot Melatonin. of. Melatonin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You I, had went, a sleep. I went to Nature's Choice just before. Just a lot before of sleep. The screening. <laughs> Got some echinacea. Yeah, great. <laughs> Snorted some echinacea in the bathroom. Yep. Uh, no, we, we uh, yes, me and my uh, girlfriend at the time uh, got pretty fucked up for this yeah. movie. Uh, and Did you know it was going to be fucked up? Like you were getting fucked up to watch a fucked up movie? No idea. And I and I tell you what, because there was another time we tried, we got similarly fucked up and tried to watch Robocop and we couldn't do it. Oh, it was, yeah. It no, was like, oh, man, the scene where... Also based on Judge Dredd. Really? Yeah, yeah like yeah. so much of the dialogue is ripped from the Judge Dredd comics. Right, so, like of the satire is very yeah, yeah, Judge yeah. Dredd. Like it's yeah. Well, we we couldn't watch RoboCop because we got to that sequence where he's basically crucified with shotguns. And yeah, it's just awful. It's too uh, much. Yeah, and we were like lunging at the remote to turn it off. Like, oh, don't kill my buzz. Man. I had that with um, <laughs> Wild at Heart. I know you're in the middle of a, J- a David Lynch. Right. Yeah. Like I once got really ripped and tried to watch Wild at Heart. I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It was a comedy before and now they're murdering someone. What is happening? <laughs> this tonal shift is not jiving with my heart. <laughs> Which ironically is our next late David Lynch film. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking, so I've looking seen forward it once, to yeah, it. And I can't wait. Oh, um, please, but tell I me think, how it went. <laughs> I think the, the... Look, this is an ugly movie in its themes and mm. the violence. But conversely, it's... Cinema, cinema, cinematic, whatever I mean to say, the cinematography of it is very beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that made it very palatable in that state. Right. Yeah. And we had a ball. Yeah. We were, were you in the three D glasses? No, we didn't see oh. it in three D. Uh, we came in. We came in a couple of minutes late. I remember sliding in because we were <laughs> doing what we were doing uh, outside the <laughs> cinema and we slid in and I don't think we were prepared at all. We just thought it's going to be like an actual comic movie. book movie. Yeah, and then all of a sudden there's people's faces exploding in slow motion yeah, and skin bodies really visible. Like, what <laughs> the fuck? And I think we we were just like howling with laughter and clapping and yeah. cheering and, yeah. you know, and, and that's strange to me because I don't usually get on board with full-blown ultraviolence yeah. but... Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, the we uh, I saw this, uh, which uh, we have a little bond with this, mm. after Morrison Con. So I saw this oh. in Las Vegas. I said goodbye to you. Mm. And then At I the had, Palagio Fountain, as I recall. Right. And I had time to kill before my flight, but it was, you know, in that weird kind of netherworld. It was the next day checking out. Right. And then, uh, so I went to the cinema and I went and saw this. Yeah. It was on at the perfect time. I sat in the cinema by myself with the 3D glasses on and the movie gave me a mild panic attack because mm-hmm. yeah. it was, once again, I thought it was going to be satirical but I underestimated how full on the ultraviolence and, yeah. and in the 3D. Oh, uh, it's full on. And, it, and sitting in the cinema by myself in America, you know, I suddenly have visions of being a news story back home. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? So it kind of was really... Uh, quite a palatable uh, experience, but of course, because that yeah. would have been after the uh, Dark Knight tragedy in America. As oh well. yeah, so yeah. it was all. <laughs> I was hyper aware of everything that was yeah, going yeah, on, yeah. Yeah. and all I could think was, if something terrible happens in here, maybe they'll walk in and only see me by myself and think it's not worth it and go somewhere. <laughs> um, but uh, 
let's get to our first segment. We have a segment called Google Me Chuck. Yes. It's uh, named after the insult by uh, Shaquille O'Neal when he gets angry with Charles Barkley. <laughs> I've seen uh, that one. Yep. And um, these are the top three responses when you Google dread. Mm. Uh, why does dread flop? <laughs> uh, to the answer from Carl Urban is nobody knew the movie was being released. Dread represents a failure in marketing, not filmmaking, which is interesting. Yeah. The second one is is Dread DC or Marvel? <laughs> and the third one is is Dread a sequel to Judge Dread? Right. Well, there you go. Imagining. Yeah. yeah. So you know, <laughs> I feel like the third question is fair. I feel like the first question, but is Dread DC or Marvel? It's like, uh, it is the anti-DC. Well, it anti-DC was published by DC for a while. Oh, was it? Yeah, when the Stallone Dread was coming out, DC yep. decided that it was a cash cow, that they ready to print money. Right. Um, really? So they bought the rights to Judge Dread in America and DC published... Original Judge Dread comics. That's right. Oh. There was a Batman versus Dread. Yeah, comic. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I went to the. Oh my god! I went to the signing of Batman versus Dread at the Virgin Megastore in London. Like in, I was like ninety two, ninety one, I oh. think. Because um, it was like Simon Bisley gorgeous painted artwork. John Wagner was signing it. Like it was, it was a big deal. Um, so I went and queued up for like an hour and a half. And the guy hosting it said, we haven't had a queue here at the Virgin Megastore this long since we opened. Like, they've had... Well, he's, we had Kim Wilde last week. We got through the queue in like half an hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. That is A, funny, and B, I'm devastated because I would I have know. lined up for Kim Wilde. I would have lined up for Kim Wilde. I didn't know yeah. she was on. There was no... It, you know what they that didn't is? mention it in 2000 AD, so yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> you know what I say that is? That is a failure in marketing. It is a failure in marketing. Yeah. I think also... Judge Dread inherent is has always been a problem for Americans because Americans don't get that there's something wrong with America. Yes. Right. So it's they don't see the satire as satire, they just see it as mean spirited laughing at them. Right. Or they're like, Well, why why would this place exist? And it's like it does it exist. Does, buddy. That's your backyard. <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very... I remember being in Las Vegas around the time of the Iraq war. Yeah. And this guy at the bar next to me became very fascinated by the fact that I was Australian and he started doing the whole like, rah, rah, good on you guys for joining us in the war against terror and all that. Yeah. Uh, and somehow we got onto the whole concept of like, you know, what does... What does Australia think of America? And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you guys remember that that time, anti-American, not, yeah. uh, not American people, anti-American government sentiment was And huge. also anti-American monoculture. Monoculture. Like and taking that, over rah, the world. Rah, yeah. Fucking manifest destiny bullshit, uh, which is the reason their whole fucking society is collapsing at the moment because I think they're waking up to how, what a nonsense that's yeah. always been. Um, but I was talking to this guy just saying like, dude, you're really, you guys are really not very popular, popular right now. Yeah. And by the end of the conversation, he had tears in his eyes. He was devastated. Right. Yeah. And it's like, this is just some guy at a bar telling you that other people... like I, I can't imagine ever going to another country and someone going, oh, yeah, we don't really like Australians. And me going, <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I get it. We're fucking annoying. Yeah, yeah, spe- yeah. Especially when we're overseas. Yeah, yeah. 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 Literally, if someone, if someone said that to me, I'd be like going, oh, right, so you know Scott Morrison, Wayne Carey? Like, yeah. who is that? Is it Eddie Maguire? Which one? Just or a Contiki bus full of fucking Australian tourists oh, just pulled yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> 
So uh, this is our segment, First Context. Mm -hmm. uh, this gives us uh, an idea of the some of the sci-fi movies that came out before and after this movie. Oh, okay. So 2008, we had Cloverfield. 2009, yes. we had Avatar. 2010, uh. we had Universal Soldier Regeneration. Uh, <laughs> what? That's like the eighth in the franchise, right? <laughs> Thank goodness, right? Ooh. You know, after the first one, I really needed to know more. Yeah, um, Universal Soldier also feels like such a 2000 AD. Like, yes. Like uh, one of those strips that you're like, oh yeah, this one's all right, but I yeah, don't love yeah, it. It got yeah. cancelled after a few months. Yeah. Universal Soldier. Uh, 2011, The Adjustment Bureau, which was a movie <sighs> I wanted to like. But, oh. but the only good thing, like the best thing that came out of it is Emily Blunt on, I think it was on Graham Norton, yeah. talking about how she had to do a, a kissing scene out in public with Matt Damon and people were just yelling out, Matt Damon, while they were trying to do it and both of them were laughing so hard. For, for, for whatever you think of Matt Damon, he finds it funny too. Yeah. So have, were, you, have you heard how he, when, he, when, that, when the yeah. Team America puppet came out and he's like, yeah. I just don't get it. I'm just like, why did they... No, no, he was the opposite. He uh, Like I've literally seen him say, well, they looked at it and he used the R word at the time, but he yeah, said yeah, yeah. they looked at the doll and they decided it was R word and, you know, that's funny. He laughed right. and George Clooney said... I would have been offended if I wasn't in the film, but it was... <laughs> Alec Baldwin is upset. Tim, yeah, Tim Robbins, Alec Baldwin and Sean Penn did not get it, but right. I, I've seen Matt Damon just go, well, they looked at the doll and they decided it was the R word and uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> and so she was saying that they were they're both trying to do this serious scene and the, the people are just yelling out, Matt Damon! <laughs> oh my God. Uh, 2013 was Gravity, which we just covered. Oh, and so uh, 2014, if you're not a Tom Cruise fan, Edge of Tomorrow is the movie for you. Oh, So many deaths. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah And Emily Blunt. Yeah, Emily yeah, Blunt. yeah. She's fucking She's great. foxy in that. Um, our segment, The Year That Was, tells us the sci-fi movies that came out the same year as Dread, mm -hmm. and it's uh, a pretty big year. The Avengers, Cloud Atlas, Chronicle, mm -hmm. the oh, yeah. first Hunger Games, mm. Looper, and... a few movies that didn't do well but still big budget films john carter which i did not hate i no i feel like it that was another failure of marketing yeah uh you know i, I remember a fan made a trailer for it and it was it was uh it was like before star wars and it was showing all the old covers to yeah, yeah, john yeah. carter so you could see them as yeah, the, yeah. the old book covers and you go oh this is the book that inspired it and you saw that trailer and you go oh if you went in I'm not saying it would have been a big hit, but you probably yeah. would have had more enjoyment of it. I think, like, my biggest problem with John Carter is, like, address the elephant in the room in the film. He's a Confederate soldier. Yes. Like, address the elephant. Yes. <laughs> and mm. also, like, I think this is a problem that I, I had watching the um, recent version of Stephen King's The Stand, which I read last year. Right. Is that so many things have spun out of that narrative. Yes. Like, so much apocalyptic narrative comes from what Stephen King imagined in the yeah. stand. Yeah. That it can only feel like a hollow version yeah. of what it was. Yeah. Because it's been strip mined. Yes. yes. John Carter has been strip mined by yeah. hundreds of different science yeah, fiction yeah. and fantasy properties that it can only seem like, oh, this is just a ripoff of 14 other things. It's like, no, 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 this is what they ripped off. Yeah. But you can't. Like you can't sit there holding someone's hand through a whole movie, going, "Yeah, no, no, no this was based. This is the original." Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that, that you say that, I think that's what makes the Denny Villeneuve Dune even more remarkable. The fact that Dune's been streamlined yeah. so profoundly over yeah. the years, and yet that movie was so because great. he made a great. Like he went, "I'm making a film that is my own vision," yeah. as opposed to, "I'm going to try and make 
the film that everything else is based on and so I'll make it look like all those things yeah, but yeah, like yeah. you know like hiring a an animator to direct it was probably a mistake because right. he's just going to make it look like a giant cartoon of yes. what of John Carter John Carter yeah. right yeah. who directed it um, Andrew Stanton Andrew Stanton yeah, who's a great director, uh, Finding Nemo and yeah, yeah. Wally, yes. yeah, yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, it just doesn't quite work. Another movie that doesn't quite work, even though I watch it every eighteen months to see if it's improved with time, and it doesn't, is Prometheus. Oh. Uh, Total Prometheus. Recall, which oh. is another. oh the the, the, the feral. Feral, feral, yeah, oh, yeah, no, oh. it's your time to shine, Ben. <laughs> Do you, want to get, do you want to give us the Colin Farrell well, line? I, I've got to give you. I've got to give Adam context. Got, no, no. I've, please. Sure, sure. It's been discussed on the podcast before. Have you ever seen the Colin Farrell sex tape? No, I didn't even know there was. Oh, one. it is wonderful. It's the funniest sex Hang tape on you've a ever sec, seen. Hang on life. a sec. Can you hold your microphone down, Adam? Because so the the it's being shot by the woman that um, Colin is going down on. Oh, uh, and so he's like really in there. He looks up with a glazed face and drunk eyes and goes, I tell you what, that's breakfast, lunch and dinner. It ain't <laughs> fucking there. See why I told him to hold the mic down? I will never get sick of hearing Ben tell that story. I'm not even fucking joking. <laughs> why is he Scottish now? Oh, no. <laughs> ben, Ben's a master of uh, one and a half impersonations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Colin Farrell and, then, and, and, and David Lynch. Yeah, David knows. Lynch! But that falls apart too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Colin Farrell. I love him. I love Isn't him too. He's fucking great. He's yeah. really good. But, you know, that's got Beckinsale in it. And she's my Achilles heel. Of uh, the Total Rick. That movie's. No, of, of anything. You put Beckinsale in anything, I'm like, ah, oh, this is going to be terrible. I know, it's, such a, it's such a bummer because she's one of those actresses that I look at and I think, I would love to, like, you look like you'd be fun. She's great she's on a really talk funny. show. Yeah, brilliant. She's brilliant mm. on a talk show. She's abominable in a film. Yeah. <laughs> also, that Total, Re- that Total Recall remake, reboot, whatever you want to say, it was the worst of those kind of legacy remakes of that era, oh, like the yeah. Robocop one, where it's like, hey, hey, we're doing our own thing, but we're still going to make an homage to the really... Like, oh. here's... Remember the three-breasted woman from the original one? Here she is. Like, oh, fucking You know, on. if you're going to get the three-breasted woman, get Sharon Stone to play her. Something like that. Like, yeah. have a big wink. Have a big, yeah. you know, elbow and go, yeah, yeah it's oh, something from the original. Yeah, lean movie. into it. Yeah. Especially because the original Total Recall is just... Oh, it's Paul Verhoeven. It's always it's amazing. It's trilogy of Paul Verhoeven genius. Robocop, yeah. Total Recall, Starship Troopers. Yeah. yeah. And I saw his most recent one, Benedetta. Oh, is that uh, about the slutty the nuns? nuns? It is <laughs> out. I say slutty. He says lesbian. It is out. Well, yeah, you know. They do carve a dildo out of a statue of the Virgin Mary, so... Good girls. <laughs> the whole time you're I'm watching... I'm so glad the director of Showgirls has moved on to more salubrious <laughs> fare. It was one of those... We, I, I watched it with a few friends the other night and we were fucked on white Russians just howling and cheering. Like, white oh, Russians? Verhoeven. Oh, my God. Your lactose levels must be... No, no, no. I, they were coconut. Oh, okay. Coconut <laughs> Russians. Coconut milk white Russians. <laughs> <laughs> I say at this age, you can't Soy afford that Russians. much gas. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know too much about my gut problem there. <laughs> two, two more movies sorry, from sorry, that sorry. year is Men in Black 3. And one that's really interesting to bring up is Lockout, which is Guy Pearce going into an orbital prison to save the president's daughter who has been kidnapped by inmates. So it has a similar kind of premise, which yeah. is just... Uh, you know, one of those things, but it's kind yeah. of fascinating that came out the same year. Uh, let's get into the movie. Let's get right to the start. What were you going to say, Ben? What? 
Are you going to mention the movie, the the uh, Kung Fu, Kung Fu, Martial Arts movie, fuck, sorry. The Martial Arts movie, I've The Raid. I've got that, the squid bits. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. So, for the true Judge Dredd fan, that didn't come out the same year. No, I'm just curious when oh, it yeah, came no, out no, because, yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah, I've got, the exact same premise. Yeah, yeah. I know. I've, yeah. uh, I've got that in the squid bits. Uh for the true Judge, Judge Dredd fans, did your heart sink at the very beginning of the film when you see Dredd with his helmet off, even though it was from behind and just for a few seconds? Did you have a moment of going, ah? Nah. You were fine? I was fine. Are you, do you, in the comics, do you sometimes see him from behind without his helmet? Yeah, sometimes there was one, a few issues where he had, um, he was in hospital and had a lot of bandages on his head. Right. Um, do you know about the censored panel? Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, apparently there's one, there's one panel of him full frontal face. Oh, really? Uh, hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I put a censored sticker yeah, the, over Apparently the funny. editors were just like, nah. Yeah. Right. Censored his face. <laughs> right. It was, a, it was an Italian artist who I think, you know, because he used to get the scripts translated for him. Right. To draw hmm. and didn't... Didn't realise. Yeah, that you right. were meant to draw it. So That's he, interesting. Well, I've got another interesting thing in the squid bits about early Dread, which he might be across, but yeah. it's uh, pretty funny. It, once again, I think a translation yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. issue, but... Uh, yeah, it's um, it's funny. Carl uh, Urban uh, seems pretty perfect as Dread. Are you yeah. happy with his performance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's great. I mean, I I think the thing is, you, I was I was talking um, to my partner about this the other day. Like, you you can't have Dread be played by anyone who's trying to do too much, right? Mm. Like, because it is such a one note character. Yeah, that if if anyone tries to you know. For instance, try to delve into the underbelly of dread. It's like, nah, we don't want to see that. Right. Like it's why it's why you bring in, you know, say the character of Anderson. It's like, well, that character can have a journey. Yeah. That character have can have learned something at the end of it. Yeah. Judge Dread needs to be immobile. Yes. <laughs> like, which is a problem for filmmaking. Yeah. Because yeah. we want to go on a journey with our main character, mm. but he needs to be as inflexible as anyone. Right. <laughs> and ne- and never change anything yeah like, you know the most budging he has in this movie is from you know she should have failed right she's two points below she should have failed yeah <laughs> yeah and then at the end it's like now nah, she's a pass like that's yeah. the most he changes yeah, in the yeah, film yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's enough isn't it right <laughs> yeah he does show a sense of mercy to those two teenagers that uh point guns at him where he goes stun yeah. Is that, yeah. that's, is that in character? I always imagine Dread would just blind the little Yeah, because there's... No, because they're young. They're kids. Right, like, okay. you know, it's like... Oh, so, got... yes. So, so there's... Because I've never read a Judge Dread comic. Oh, my so God. Is there it's a the sense, best. So, does Dread have a sense of 
mercy. Yeah, he's not a complete asshole. Like right. there are judges around he's him who take he's things too far. Yeah, the 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 system Do is fascist. Fascists love their children. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the system is fascist. Who's going to grow up to be a fascist? We got to keep these kids. The kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Um, on, on the Carl Urban front, phenomenal lip and jaw, lower jaw acting. Yes, yes. phenomenal. Yeah, I, I yeah I I I was. I did an interview with Carl Urban in 2009, maybe. Um, was that for Star Trek? Yeah, and was very disappointed in when I met him because he's like, I've, so many people I've met, and I'm like, oh, I only mm. like you in the movies, mm. <laughs> right? And he was fine. Like there was nothing. I just expected him to be more fun because right. he's like really great at his impression of. Um, Dr. McCoy in yep. those movies. You're like, oh, so you just watched all these movies and now you know how to play that character. Mm-mm-mm. And I think the same with like, you know, his character in Judge Dredd. He's like, okay, I've read some comics. I've seen that he's, you know, just immobile and he's just like this gruff guy. Mm. And I'm just, I know how to play that. Which is why I think like his performance in The Boys is a bit all over the place. Because yeah. it's like, you know, that character is a bit of a mess. So yeah, he's like yeah, trying yeah. to play these heaps of different things it's like right you need to just play that as one thing right like yeah it's he's very good at you know well one y- thing well uh <laughs> i've got something about this uh, a little bit later but i uh, i'm re-watching the born movies and i will re oh, yes. the born oh, he's great in that and he's amazing in that uh, because he is one note one note right. <laughs> but he's but he also uh, he's great in lord of the rings because he's one lord note one note Fantastic. and it's funny isn't it it sounds like you're being negative towards him, but he's really charismatic in the Bourne yeah. supremacy. Like you're constantly any scene he's in, you're like, "Whoa, who is that?" Yeah, you know. So I think he's 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 like because I mean it is a thing to have to have half your face covered for the entire run of the movie. Yeah, uh, but it really seems as though he, whether he was directed to this or studied the the drawings, the mm. the way his jaw juts. Yeah, it reminded me of. Um, Sin City, the movie, in that sense yeah. of like, oh, this looks like a drawing. Yeah, yeah. This, you know, because no one holds their head like that. But yeah, it really, you know, well, iconic. I have something in the squid bits, but he is a super fan. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. Gets of it. dread. Yep. Yeah. Right. So he honestly gets it. So yeah. I think he would really that be fun to be oh. a super fan of something and then get to play the thing. What would you do? What would you be? A Batman. <laughs> you would, would you now? No, no. I don't know that Batman spends all day getting stoned and I'm occasionally. A, I'm, I've been sober for six months. Thank you. Uh, I'm an. I'm six the, months of forty-one years. So I'm that's the, a, that's the, a record. I wasn't a fucking stone when I was five. You asshole. I I don't believe that. <laughs> I got into my dad's stash. Uh, I'm so sorry, Ben. I forgot to warn you that uh, we were getting the full Adam Richard experience. <laughs> Me and Adam just spent 12 weeks working with each other. I got it every day. It's I group. was his boss. We, yeah, was, we, we were Zooming all the time. It's I know. Um, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm in the fucking... When, when Marvel buys DC, which will, or Disney buys DC, which is inevitable, and they do Doctor Strange 3 They're in not. the fucking multiverse of DC, I'll be the parallel reality Batman. There was Stone Batman. There was, you know, <laughs> that's hanging out with hippie Green Lantern and, and Sunshine Superman. Uh, so you're, I am the knight. So you'll be like Batman as as played by Chris Hemsworth in Avengers Endgame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about you, Adam? Who's who's your yeah, who's your dream? You. How dare you? Yeah. Not all of us are on the plowman's diet. You fuck. Wow. 
Sometimes you've got to really enjoy these takedowns by Adam. They come in just a little bit slower than you realise. He's got a curveball. Adam, what about you? Skilled. Did you hear the Did you hear the cogs turning? Like, yeah. Wait, what is it? Yeah. saying that I look like? Th- oh no, wait, not, yeah. that thought. Yep. not that thought. What about who would be your uh, dream superhero that you could play in a movie? Oh, I wouldn't want to wreck it. Like that's parallel reality. It's the multiverse, no, baby. Yeah, I, you well, can be I, like, I'd I'd do Blue Beetle. Oh, you'd be great as Blue Beetle. You know, a little bit unfit. You know, still trying his best, having a good time, hanging out with Booster Gold, even though he's an ass hat. You know, making excuses for him sums up a lot of my friendships. Really, yeah. probably maybe Danny the Street in the Doom Patrol. <laughs> Danny the Street, <laughs> the flamboyant Street, amazing. Very good. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> a dripping dank back alley. <laughs> Why does your street have eight glory holes? <laughs> Why is the floor of your street so sticky? Yeah. <laughs> I was born this way. <laughs> now play Ganga. Uh, the world building of Mega City One is interesting because, in some respects, it really nails the aesthetic. It, it looks dirty. Mm-hmm. It looks smelly. It looks like the sanitation department works now and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, it's it's not quite claustrophobic enough compared to the comics. Yeah. Uh, what's your take on the infamous city? Because to me, when I read the comics, it everything seems a little bit more tight. It feels like... I've, I've, I was weirded out by that early in the film, but it kind of like, as the film goes on, you get the impression the judges have not been there for very long. Right. Like it feels very early in... Mega City One's kind of yep. transition into totalitarianism, right, uh, and full fascistic law. So it's it feels like you know it's it's you know while it's eight hundred million people, it's just still a bit spread out, yeah, and it hasn't built up because mm. you know that. I mean, the thing with Mega City One, it's like you know it's meant to be like New York, where because it was built on an island, there was no out to go; you had to go up. Yeah, um, and New York is very claustrophobic because of that. Yeah, uh, Hong Kong's like that too. Yeah. Well, apparently, like again, in the crazy, um, you know, world of predicting things that Judge Dredd has always had, uh, they are predicting like Hong Kong, and I think it's Shenzhen, and there's another city in China that are all near each other, are about to kind of just all. Merge, right? Because they're so close to one another, and their populations are so big that it will become mega city. Mega city. Is that they're uh, talking about it as a mega city? Sorry, how do you? What was the second place that you mentioned? Shenzhen, is, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. Is there? There's one called Chongqing as Maybe, well. Yeah, I think we we have something. We have a segment that uh, Ben suggested called "Where Are We Now." We'll get to that. That yeah. talks about some. But uh, yeah, some I cities. think like yeah, Hong Kong is horrifically. Claustrophobic. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, when I first moved to Sydney, I was like, I'm not coping. There are so many people here. Like, this is right. freaking me out. I'm <laughs> right. Like, like, you know, Melbourne, I never have to queue for anything. You just go into the coffee shop, get a coffee, go home. Like, here it's like 20 minute wait for a seat. Mm. You know, it's like, it's crazy. And then, uh, about six months after moving here permanently, I went to Shanghai and Hong Kong and got home. I was like, there's so few oh. people here. It's so much room. Oh. It's so breezy. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. The first time I went when I, I I went to Japan five years ago, and oh. I had a nervous breakdown every day. Yeah, every day it was ju- too many fucking people. It's yeah. amazing. It just and you know and it's that thing of like and that's there every day. Like they just live well, like of that. Course. Yeah. And, and if you live there, you wouldn't even notice no. it. But it was like you know you would step 
into a crowd of people moving and it was like being caught in an ocean rip or something. Yeah, you yeah. Just get, like you're you're there and you can't there's no way to get out of the yeah. kind of the mass of people. And I had the same thing. Coming yeah. back to Sydney, it's like, oh, oh the can, room can some sound of music I know, spin around. Yeah. It it was such a culture shock to me, like living here. Like it yeah. was, you know, because it because Melbourne feels like a busy city until you come to Sydney and you're like, oh yeah, Melbourne is uh yeah, it's, it's not that busy. It's taken its time. But I've had friends from uh, Adelaide come here and when they say, how do you live here? And y- you have a moment of, hmm. oh, yeah, I guess it's... It's busy. There's, there's, there's shit going on, isn't yeah. there? But uh, then you go overseas and you go, no, no, we're fine. We're good. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think I could, like... I wouldn't have lived next to a bus. I, I, there's a 24-hour bus line that goes past my window. Don't even hear it anymore. No. It's only, and it's only just changed direction to go past my window in mm. the last couple of months. I'm like, oh, this is going to drive me crazy. And now mm. I'm like, yeah, the bus goes yeah. past every day. I used to literally the live... planes like, land in my backyard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to literally live uh, next to a train line, like Blues Brothers. The windows would... Oh, ding, 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 As yeah. it was coming past. And yeah, within a week. Yeah. You don't even... Yeah. And I, and I feel like when you live in a crowded city, it's almost like you get an extra sensory perception when you're walking through crowds. Yes. Where you map out your moves right. five in advance. Like, yeah. oh, I'll just go around that person. Oh, like yeah. Hard left. Which is then hard when you go to a, a yeah. slower city and you're like, why is everyone strolling? Walk yeah. with purpose. Yes. But I think I think to answer your first question, I like... I get why it's not that claustrophobic. Yep. Like that would have been, I think the technology at the time to make it look like that would have been far in excess of what they could have afforded. Yeah. Because it would true. have meant like driving past windows all the time. Like every yep. time he's riding his bike, he would have been going past giant buildings. Yeah. Like everything, it would have been a huge expensive undertaking. Mm. And, and that's why, wise. you know, like the motorbike doesn't seem like the motorbike feels like it should be more like the tumbler. In yeah. Dark Knight, wheel-wise, and but obviously, you know, you only have so much money that you can spend. Yeah, and you got to use it for some slow mo. Although it looks like the mm. that that motorbike they use looks like the one that's in the comics at the moment. Like, oh, does it? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He's like he upgrades his guns and yeah. motorbikes. Because the other thing about the Judge Dredd comic, oh, is you might not know this. This is interesting, Ben. It goes in real time. Like he's oh. now aged oh. in real time. Like it's. Well, he must be like. Know, how old is he now? He's like in his eighties. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and if they got some re- like ride around, oh, to the future, well, no, and get it's skin like, grafts. It's set in like you know, it's in a hundred years from now, so it's uh, or thereabouts. So it's you know, if the life expectancy now is between eighty and a hundred. Oh, in a world where you wouldn't even want to live, to but 50. you know, like he's got prosthetic eyes, really? his arm gets replaced occasionally. Like right. you know, it's you just. That's a great. That's a yeah. great storytelling conceit. Yeah. yeah, it's something that Batman has never been able to. No, because they keep nail. resetting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They keep going. Oh yeah, no, I'll go back and yeah. my origin was in the sixties. My origin was in the seventies. My origin yeah. was in the eighties. I of think thing. That's, it's the Stanley sliding scale. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. I think that's why the Dark Knight Rises Batman and the, even the Kingdom Come Batman, Kingdom Come Batman, really sticks in people's imaginations. The yeah, idea yeah. of that because it's old. Down, yeah, like, yeah. Oh god, he's got to have like prosthetic shoulders. And well, the, the Dark Knight Rises might be the only superhero movie we get with a definitive ending, right? Yeah. Mm. You know, of, of the version of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, hence why lots of fanboys don't cope with it. It's like, well, why wouldn't he want to keep being Batman? Because that Because he's got is, no knees left, It's mate. exhausting. Story. Oh, yeah, the knees, the shoulders. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, Dredd's always like, oh, I'm too old for this. This is really hard. Like, it's, you know... And he also... Character-wise, has mellowed. Like you know, he's such a hard ass when the comic first starts. Like you know, in the seventies and eighties, and now he's a bit more like you know. At one point, 
during the I think early two thousands, he um, he softened on the idea of mutants living in the city. Like they're always banned in, because it's you know a fascistic government. It's like any difference from the norm mm-hmm. is is not allowed. And it's like look, it's you know the whole country's been irradiated by nuclear war hundred yeah. years ago. So of course there's mutants. We've got to stop just kicking them outside the gates because they don't match what yeah. we think. And so he mellows on that kind of stuff. Oh, like, that's nice. Yeah, it's a really... Mm. like, And because there's been one main writer kind of doing all of the big story arcs the entire time, John really? Wagner, who created yeah. the character, yeah. and really? still goes back and writes, you know, maybe 10, 12 episodes a year. Wow. So of the 50 that they do every year. Like, it's, you know, you... It is like a consistent voice. It that is, must uh, be quite unprecedented in comics. Yeah. Right? yeah, I can't think of another character that's been written by the same person. Yeah, I know. Like, Not like that. No. Well, and, and the creator. Yeah. yeah. The uh, what's what's the rest of the world in uh, the in the comic? Like, is does he ever go to Africa? Does he go to Europe? Like, yeah, yeah. Do you, yeah. What, what's the rest of the world like? What's the state there, of it? There's all mega cities dotted around. Like, there's you know one in England called Britsit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's Sinosit, which is you know the one in uh, in China. Yeah. Um, there's Ciudad Barranquilla, which is in uh, South America. Like, so there's a bunch of them around. You know, the South American one, fantastically corrupt, of course. Mm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Judges are all dodgy. <laughs> right. Right. So, uh, do yeah. we get one? Uh, yeah. There's a there was in like a massive story called Oz, which was about. Um, Chopper, who was a super surfer, a sky surfer, like they have these surfboards that can fly. Right. Um, and they have these <laughs> illegal surfing competitions, these races through the streets. Great. And their, you know, world super surf or whatever it was called was in in Australia one year. And so Judge Red went there. But also there was some weird conspiracy with Judge, like, because he's a clone. And yep. so the other clones like him were being built somewhere near Uluru. It was a really weird story. Right. <laughs> Um, and that was drawn, a lot of it was drawn by Brendan McCarthy, who ended up being the writer, co-writer on Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like it's got a very strange association with Australia. Uh, but, yeah, it was like, so, yeah, he comes to Australia and we're like at one point, Judge Dredd um, gets, but, like this is one of my favorite, I think I wrote it about this in my year 12 um, art. <laughs> essay for, right like that I wrote in one day and photocopied a whole bunch of comic books for, <laughs> on my mum's photocopy from work but he gets buzzed <laughs> by uh, by one of the sky surfers right and Judge Dredd shoots him in the leg <laughs> right <laughs> so he falls off and he's dangling from the board by his ankle strap thing <laughs> hilarious and the Aussie policeman's like mate he was just buzzing you for a laugh and Dredd's <laughs> like yeah I don't see him laughing <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Dread. Oh, Dread. That guy. That guy. You know so where you funny. don't want him? You don't want him in a gig. Like, you don't want to look in the audience and go, fuck, that's the guy I'm going to be trying to win over. Uh, one of the things that uh, uh, took me by surprise was uh, I was telling you, you know, I've been rewatching the Bourne mm. movies. And while I was watching uh, that car chase in the second film, yeah. uh, I was sitting there thinking, geez, you. 
you never really see innocent people getting taken out in these car chases. And then the next movie I watch is Dread. Oh, yeah. And we see a pedestrian explode across the yes. screen. Oh, it was like Carmageddon. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was like that video game from the early 90s, Carmageddon. Right. Carmageddon Did you, either of you play that? It was a, wasn't it like a card game before no, it was a video game? No, I don't know game? what it was, but, it, I, but when you hit a pedestrian, they exploded. <laughs> right. Like in GTA, they just kind of bounce off the bonnet. You right. Know, you know, and in, and Carmageddon was particularly sadistic because most of the pedestrians were either old women on walkers, <laughs> blind guys with dogs, or mothers with strollers. Did, you, so, lose, did you lose points for hitting no, them? No, you got points. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, I like circular saws on the side of the I like playing <laughs> Lego games because everything you smash turns into points. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, you no, run no. over you got, everyone. You got points. But yeah, no, that's, that, when, when that guy gets hit in dread, that, it reminded me of Carmageddon. Like, right. it was brutal. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Do we need to see more innocent people getting taken out no. in car chases? <laughs> I, think it, I think what it does is make you go, oh, yeah, these are bad guys. Because, you know, dread is going to behave abominably throughout this film because yeah. he's an, a, a fascist cop. Yeah. But. You need to know that the bad guys, like the reason they have fascism in this society, it's got the bad people are really bad. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like, well, this is the only way. Like it's, you know, that whole, during the whole um, George Bush years of, well, you're going to have to sacrifice some freedoms yep. because the bad guys are really bad. Mm. Right. It's that, it's that attitude. Uh, Turned out not to be the really I know that people weren't as bad as they said they were, no, but you know, it's but, always yeah. that's. I mean, that happens in Judge Dredd as well. Yeah, like, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's part of the satire. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, once again, as being a fan of the comic, uh, for me, the ultra violence is right on point. Yeah, I wonder if it could have been funnier. Like sometimes I feel like the jokes don't quite pop. It's not quite as satirical as I want. Yeah. But uh, you know, like as an example, I feel like. And for anyone who hasn't watched it, this is going to be a weird sentence. You know, when the homeless guy gets squished by the door, <laughs> somehow that could be funnier. Yeah, no, it could. Yeah, do, do you agree? Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. when you read, like I haven't read anywhere near as much of yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Judge Dredd as you, but when I read it, the humour really kind of stands yeah. out. They because got, they they're static got images. They could have got a... <laughs> Like a wash of blood on them when he got smushed, <laughs> right? And he still, you know? gives, and yeah, then he's like, yeah. and then like he still, still gives him a ticket, him a fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for you know, for dirtying a judge, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe it would have been funny to have it come down on his legs and it, you know, and then he gets the fine. Yeah, and yeah so you yeah, see yeah. him being taken off, and it's you probably know, a budgetary thing, right? Uh, I think also it's like there's a problem with this film in that the director I don't think was particularly competent right and was being replaced for a lot of it yeah so i have stuff in the squid bits yeah. about that so yeah, yeah. so there's taken think, off and brought back on yeah so i think mm. there's there are uh, first day back there's there's a <laughs> <laughs> that is true great to see everyone again <laughs> so yeah wait, wait till you get to the squid bit and uh, you'll realize how tough that day uh, was yeah so i think sometimes with satire and with any kind of comedic thing you get like a like it requires a really strong authorial voice. Yes. Yes. Um, and if it's, if it's, you know, if it's kind of split between a bunch of people, then it can kind of get a bit muddy. Right. This but movie is not satirical, I don't think. It oh, has funny moments. I think the, the world in and of itself, like just the existence of that world is satirical, is inherently satirical of the American 
experience. Really? Oh, I, yeah. I watch this like I watch Children of Men, where I'm watching it going, oh, this seems really well. Plausible. Well, it it's been 10 years. Yeah. 10 yeah. Years. <laughs> so uh, I literally had written here, uh, considering the atrocities we've seen in American law enforcement over the past few years, this felt less satirical and more predictive, which yeah. took a little bit of the fun out of it. Yeah. 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 And also, like, you know, 10 years ago, the idea of vaping something and getting high yes. was... Hilarious. What a hilarious thing. We're going to have a, we're going to suck on an inhaler and get off my face. And mm-hmm. now it's like, oh no, all my friends are vaping dope like crazy. Children yeah. vaping. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like, like that's just norm, the norm yeah, now. Yeah, 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 like yeah. that is the, that is the thing. Like Judge Dredd has always been like this, like the right. comic book. Like, you know, there was a, one of my favorite comics is called uh, um, Sob Story, which is about this TV show where people just come on and tell their hideous sob story uh. and the audience <laughs> votes whether or not they get money. Oh. And I'm like, oh, so this is basically MasterChef and The Voice without the without having, yeah, to, do without without having to do anything. <laughs> yeah. It's just the sob story. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> the biggest loser, but they don't need to lose weight. Yeah, basically. Basically. Oh <laughs> my lord! <laughs> Fuck! Yeah, I think yeah, the, 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 it was definitely a testament to how um, toxic society's got since 2012. I remember what I was when I was watching this. I was I started getting nostalgic in a weird way. Right. I'm like, oh, I wish we could go back ten years yeah. <laughs> while I'm watching this fucking awful nihilistic yeah. fucking yeah. splatterfest. Remember when this was just satire? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> rather than but a that fact. is one of the problems with satire. It becomes too true Invariably. too quickly. Like invariably. He, and it, for me, it feels more like a, you know, those moments feel more like black comedy um, done in a very British way, which, you know, American black comedy is always, have a look at me yeah, doing yeah, a funny yeah, thing yeah, that's yeah. really not okay. I'm being right. dark. Whereas this is just like, oh, you're just going to slam a door on a homeless guy who already is going to be arrested for being a homeless guy. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, he did the wrong thing. He's been punished by the world. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. He shouldn't have sat there. Yeah. yeah. The blood starts pulling out under the door and it's just like, that's the world they're in. It's yeah. not okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting when, uh, you know, you, you look back at uh, George Carlin's stuff and yeah. you find it uh, to be still so relevant. Or do you remember, uh, remember listening to Bill Hicks' uh, take on the Middle East and then being horrified when you realised it yeah. was about uh, George yeah. Bush uh, Senior in 91 yeah, yeah. and not... 2000 yeah, 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 <laughs> and it was yeah, yeah. like oh like i've gone from thinking this is a brilliant piece of satire to being really bummed out yeah it's crazy the predictive force of sci-fi and satire i've been um did you, did you guys ever see that um animated series batman beyond oh yeah um, a million years ago yeah it's like mid 90s and i've just uh i've been watching it when i do my elliptical in the morning and i watched one this morning about teenagers getting addicted to virtual reality and not yeah. wanting to leave their virtual reality right. because reality hurts too much. Yeah. And basically, their brain's going into serotonin overload and then becoming zombies because they spend too long plugged in. And it was like, this was made nearly 25 years ago. Yeah. Right. And it is completely rolling out to be true. Yeah. You know, like. I'm reading a book about, uh, written by uh, Richard Watson, about uh, humanity's. Uh, uh, connection to technology and the way it's changing everything, mm. and the uh, and this book is maybe five years uh, was published about five years ago, and the first chapter is about uh, a young couple who got addicted to their online baby oh, and yeah. let their real baby starve. That's, oh wow, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh my lord. Yeah. So, uh, and when did that? When did Batman Beyond? No, it was like ninety six. Right. You know, so there it's, was like a, it's all there. It's yeah. crazy. There's a Judge Dredd comic from 
know, probably the 70s, early 80s, uh, where smoking is illegal and you have to go to these things called smokatoriums, like <laughs> where <laughs> everyone just smokes in this one place. Um, and did you know that just recently in New Zealand, they've decided to make smoking completely illegal? Yes. Like to yes. ban, ban tobacco. It? You just ban it. But, yeah. it. but it's one of the most addictive substances on earth. Yeah. How do you just turn the spigot off and go... And well, I think they've, they've realised the population has gotten to a point where the percentage of people smoking is so low that it's like, well... We can actually afford to care for these people. So they are going to offer some kind of therapy. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because yeah. you can't just you can't just cut it off. Well, you can offer nicotine in you know it you it becomes a prescribed thing. I mean, I don't dis- I don't necessarily disagree with it. Smoking is just an appalling oh, thing. And I the fact I would that say that to my neighbours. Uh, <laughs> 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 but yeah, it's like that. That was something that happened in Judge Dredd. I was like, well, that'll never happen. And then in my lifetime, it stopped being something you could do in public. It stopped being something you do. So if in New a Zealand pub. does a remake of The Untouchables, they're going to be uh, speakeasies with yeah. uh, tobacco <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> rolling it across yeah, state lines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, fascinating. God, it, it kind of makes you think. The big mistake we're all making is that we don't go and trawl through these Judge Dredd uh, issues and then go, right, that's a good idea. Let's invest in that right now. Oh, uh, yeah. There, <laughs> but there are some terrible ideas in there that have come true as well. Like, you know, the... I'll invest in them too. The, you know... <laughs> money, 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 however you get it. There was, you know... The, oh, my God. The, the chief judge at one point was a character called Dan Francisco. Um <laughs> I know. And he had his own spin-off series called The Streets of Dan Francisco. It was Fantastic. Um, Wonderful. And Dan Francisco became the chief judge, which is the version of the president in yeah. the world, because he was a popular reality TV performer. Oh, very good. Like, they would follow him around with cameras and see him and dispensing justice, and everyone loved the way he was on reality TV, and the audience just loved him so much that he became the chief judge. Wow. And you're like... That actually happened in our real when, world. When was that? Oh, and what the guy on reality TV. That was in like maybe oh, it would have been before this movie came out. That was in wow. the comics, like maybe 2010, 2008. It'll happen again. Yeah. If Joe Rogan announced his, oh, I'm even. telling you, if Joe Rogan ran for president in 2024, I tell you there is a very good chance. Imagine Rogan it. versus Oprah. That would be a fun race. But isn't that? But, <laughs> Isn't that how fucked it's become? That we're yeah. all like, oh, I hope The Rock wins. He could, he could beat Donald Trump. Like, what are yeah. you saying? Yeah, that's fucking crazy. I, if, if I lived there, I would vote for The Rock. Well, I'd <laughs> vote for him over fucking Trump. But my God, have you met I The mean, Rock? The Rock is. He seems very sweet. Oh, uh-oh. he's like you know. He looks <laughs> sit like back, Ben. Sit back, Ben. You're in the firing line. I'm about to get he the looks, gush. He looks like like because he's so broad. He looks like you know, like the size of one of you guys. And then I went and stood next to him and he is like six foot five. Like he is a gigantic monster of a man. I was like, oh, you are really that big. Right. <laughs> because he's so broad. Yes. Like he looks compact. Right. It looks like, oh yeah, right. he's like. A, like you, you were thinking maybe more your height. and Not even. I thought right. he was like maybe 5'10". Oh, did you really? Yeah. Because right. oh. he's so oh. broad. I like, yeah. you know, you just I like see... that you think that I'm 5'10". Yeah, no, I was being polite. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Take, ne- never, never question the compliment. <laughs> just, uh, just roll with it. Because I know how fucking insincere it is. <laughs> just, just take it as a compliment and keep rolling. <laughs> That's interesting. I like to spare your feelings occasionally. Is that? Is, <laughs> is so that, that I can stab you on the way out? Yeah, yeah. Is that the actor you've been kind of most taken by surprise when you've met them, or? Size-wise, yeah, I or, was like, I mean, a little bit overwhelmed. Yeah, like, and he, you know, he turned up wearing. He'd just been to. 
meet Eddie Maguire and was wearing a Collingwood Ooh, jumper. Right. So I like I dilated about eight centimeters. <laughs> like it, was, it was a moment. <laughs> We've never seen the chair since. Um, <laughs> and then that, whole, that whole radio studio had to be disinfected. <laughs> what about you, Ben? Who's the uh, like most famous person that you've met that you've been a bit, whoa, this person is taking me by surprise? Um, n- n- I told the story a couple of weeks ago, but Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman, that's That was right, the one yeah. where I was like, whoa, oh, yes, you we did. are radiant. Yes, yeah. I was sharing with Ben, it was like, Standing half a metre away from Michael Fassbender, who, yeah. you know, you handsome guy, you know, but then you're looking at him and he's staring straight at your eyes and you're like, oh, like, am I allowed to just lean over and have a little kiss? Like, oh. and, uh, <laughs> I feel like that with Viggo Mortensen, I wanted to, because he speaks really quietly and it's right. like, you want me to lean in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can see what's going on here. Um, Anne Hathaway has the most beautiful skin you've ever seen. Really? Like, right. it, she looks like she's made out of porcelain. Like, right. she is breathtaking. Um, and the only time I've ever seen people, an entire room full of people go, <gasps> like there is a movie star in, in the house, was at the Academy Awards. Hang on, I'll just pick up that name I dropped. Um, I was yeah, all the- <laughs> right. You were standing on the fucking edge of the red carpet, right? You weren't in there. I did the, I did the red carpet and then I was in that media room. Uh. Afterwards, you know, when everyone comes and yeah, does their, yeah, yeah, yeah. the rest of their speech they forgot to do on stage. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like, so we'd had, uh, I think Morgan Freeman had been through because yeah. he'd won an award. Kate Blanchett had been through. Fucking Beyonce had been in there. Like, right. it was yeah, yeah, a yeah, big yeah, year yeah, of yeah. names. Then Clint Eastwood walked in the room and the room bristled. Yeah. Really? Like, it was a moment of like, <gasps> oh, a movie star. Like, right. it was like, oh, we've just seen a bunch of movie stars, but this is like Clint. And he is... Fucking massive. Really? He's a big, big man. Right. Like, he's very tall. He's very charismatic. Again, softly spoken, so everyone leaning in. Right. <laughs> like a room full of like 200 people leaning in mm. of press, like jaded press as well. Yeah. Jaded celebrity press. Like, yeah, yeah, I've seen everything. It's like, oh, Clint. Right. <laughs> it was amazing. Are you a Clint Eastwood fan? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, it's, sometimes it's funny when it's when you're not a fan and it takes you, it sideswipes you, you know, or or you're a fan enough and then you're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. my Lord. I Actually, I redact. It wasn't Nicole Kidman. It was Grant Morrison. The first okay. time I met Grant Morrison. Oh. Yeah. I, my brain... Fritzed. Fritzed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I made him very uncomfortable. And I pride myself on when I meet someone. Not making them uncomfortable. Not making making them like not being that guy that's yeah. like. Because it's like my mum's like that. And it's like it's. We went and saw Driving Miss Daisy. And we were, you know, it was in New York and we're out, you know, all the. All the actors come out to yeah. do a meet and greet, and James Earl Jones comes out, and Mum goes, "Ah, Mr. Jones, you're my hero." Ah! It's like you don't even know him. <laughs> like, you, like what, yeah. you've never seen him before in your life. Yeah. Is that James Earl Jones and Angela Lansbury? Yeah, yes, I saw that. It was, was great, so good. really good. Um, but yeah, so I like I've. You know, and I think it's from, you know, you do comedy. So, yeah. especially when you're young, you meet a lot of people that you yeah. grew up seeing on TV. Yeah. Uh, and I think I had the added advantage of being a bar guy at the comedy store. So, whenever yeah, I, yeah, yeah. for the first two years when I met people, it was under that. It wasn't a young comic trying to get advice. It was yeah. like, hey, I'll pour you a drink. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I always kind of made a very concerted effort not to freak out when I yeah. meet someone that I really admire. But Grant did me in. It did me in. It was like, I still cringe thinking about it. I'll, I'll even edit this bit out so you don't have to relive it when you re-listen to the podcast. 
<laughs> I won't even tell the story. It's just hideous. Don't tell the story. Oh, he literally looked at me like I was like they, the guy that shot John Lennon. It was just like, right. oh, get away from me, bro. Right. They, they looked at you. Oh, sorry. They looked they at looked me. At sorry. You. I'm yeah. not up to date. Right. Yeah. They looked at me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's take a little break and we'll be back with this in a sec. Thank you to my guests, the fabulous Adam Richard and Ben Elwood, for joining me to discuss the Dread film. Remember, part two will be released tomorrow on the Thursday, so keep an eye out for that. Thanks once again to Bree Simpson for being our Patreon subscriber for the episode. I really appreciate you taking the time out to be a subscriber and for listening to the podcast. As I'm thankful to all of you for listening to the podcast. Uh, If you're enjoying what we're doing over here and would like to contribute to the work, you can either sign up at patreon.com forward slash justinhamilton underscore big squid, or if money is tight, why don't you leave a top review on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you listen to your ongoing podcast. Let's finish today's episode with a quote from director slash writer Alex Garland. What I see in science is a lot of imagination referring to things that are fundamental to what we are. Ourselves, our history, our future, our place in the universe, our lack of place in the universe. That's poetry as far as I am concerned. Until then. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.